Hello and welcome to the Writing Talk podcast. Uh, I'm Mikey Campling and uh, with me is my co-host, Andrew Hasty. Or do you prefer Andy? Uh, Andy's fine, thanks, Mikey. Andy's fine, great. So um, maybe um, as this is a kind of new format, new way of doing it, we should just kind of uh, say a little bit about, about what we do and, and who we are. Uh, do you mind kicking us off with that? Or No, not at all. Um, so my name's Andrew Hasty. It's my author name anyway, uh, amongst... Uh, and the other pen names. Um, my main series is um, time travel. So I do uh, a series called Infinity Engines. Uh, I think there's roughly nine books in that series now. Um, I say that because there's one in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, I've been writing and self-publishing since 2017 um, and uh, enjoying it, it, it mostly. Uh, it's been a, It's been an interesting ride, I'll say that, and hopefully um, be able to share some of their some of my experiences along the way so far. Um, so uh, also writing in crime as well, but that's uh, something we'll probably discuss a little bit later in the show. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, so um, yeah, and I've been writing probably about a similar length of time. Um, and we first kind of got talking because what my first series was sort of time travel, mm. sort of difficult to define, difficult to classify stuff. But then I've... Um, I've written across a few other genres as well, some sci-fi and some short stories, some kind of horror. But my latest thing really is um, kind of British mysteries, um, which are the thing that have uh, done better for me. And so that's what I'm concentrating on at the moment, my Devonshire mysteries um, series. And yeah, I I write under my full name, Michael Campling, but, uh, you know, known to friends as Mikey. So um, so yeah, that's what people and readers and so on generally call me and where I'm often to be found online. Very good. Yeah, so um, that's that bit done. I thought we might um, have a bit of a quick catch up each each show about sort of any news things that, that are going on in writing or publishing or that kind of world or marketing, anything that's kind of going on mm-hmm. that might have caught our eye. Um so if I if I kick off that I've I've been having a go at TikTok because I I know it's been around for a long time and um, in fact when it started I I claimed some of my names and now I can't I can't <laughs> I can't even log back into them so there is a Mikey Campling on there which I'm sure I made but I, I can't get into it but Mark Dawson and uh, and James Blatch and the SPF group they um they've started doing a, an event which starts in January encouraging people to sign up and have a go. Uh, you can find that on Facebook if you have a look for it. TikTok um, is something um, both of my daughters uh, are big fans of. Um, and uh, I should have mentioned in my um, bio, but part of my day job is uh, working social media, um, especially in ads. Um, and uh, we're looking at TikTok as a, new, as a new channel for some of our clients. And I think one of the key things that we're seeing at the moment is organic um tiktok is definitely working very well for some authors i mean i know mark uh, has got a couple lined up for some webinars um he's calling it an expedition that's what i was listening to they're gonna they're gonna do an expedition yeah. into tiktok um but yeah so I'm quite sure why <laughs> yeah um i i'll go with yeah. it um so so yeah i think the key thing there is um from what i've seen so far tiktok is really um a, a still working more as an organic uh, channel than a paid one um and you know i'm sure that will mm. that will um change over time but the uh, the key thing is the, the very small uh toe dipping that i've done in tiktok 
um where obviously i'm not going to do any dancing uh and <laughs> uh and um or any of that dad stuff but yeah essentially it seems to it seems to go well when you kind of talk to camera when you discuss your ideas um but i know book talk is massive um so yeah there's a there's a whole like sub area of tiktok um called book talk which um which is which a lot of i think a lot of romance authors are, are, are completely nailing at the moment and then seeing like organic um, traffic and sales off the back of it um but yeah i just yeah. I, I just need to think of the strategy a bit more about what it is how i'm going to engage how i'm going to talk to the you know talk to the audiences on a regular basis yeah it's um book talk is quite big author talk is another kind of hashtag and um and yeah, I've just made a couple of videos and I think it's one of those things you've got to just have a little go at mm. and not be too self-conscious about. And I just did a couple of silly things, um, but I can see it's got some potential um, and it, it's very direct. It's very immediate and it, it's very quick because people, when you're using it, you just kind of go scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah. And at first I, I can imagine a lot of authors are put off and I've seen in, the, I'm, I'm in, you know, Mark Dawson's um facebook group and there's a lot of people saying i don't know this is not for me as a lot of you know like you say teenage people dancing and stuff but the algorithm seems to respond very very quickly if you swipe past stuff and then you like other things the next time you go in suddenly it's all about books and there's people showing books and bookshelves and and books they've read and recommending books and it, it seems to respond very quickly so i can imagine that if you can get something to go you know if you can get it to catch on could be a really good tool. It's kind of a watch this space thing. It's also um, got a lot to do with the music you select because a part of the um, algorithm in terms of the um, discoverability seems to be around what's trending um, from the soundtrack point of view. So you do have yeah. to, I mean, I'm sure this will come up, you know, in the sessions that they're going to do in January. Um, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, for me, it's all about content. I mean, I, I have enough trouble getting, um, getting a kind of email plan together, let alone a kind of daily TikTok yeah. um, push. Uh, and it's the same with Insta. I just kind of, I, I know that you do need, um, you need, uh, you know, a good uh, uh, series of, um, I, you know, regular posts, basically. And that's something I struggle with, um, especially holding down a day job and trying to write books at the same time. Yeah, I, I'd like Instagram. I, that's the kind of thing that I do. I've, I've dropped off a lot of others, but um, I just like taking photos. Um, so when I go around, I just you know, walking the dog, or whatever, I just keep taking photos and then just share them when I when I remember to do it. And you can do the little reels, which are kind of like TikTok, just little videos. Uh, and I've done some of those. Um, but it's, I'm totally addicted to reels. That's the rabbit hole that I fall down every day. It's just like, oh God, I've got to oh, stop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Reels is um is like kind of incredibly addictive for me. <laughs> I, I just do um I've just been doing some um to say thank you to people because on, on my website uh, readers can kind of support me, but I use coffee rather than the coffee.com rather than uh, Patreon. Uh, when it's the thing is buy me a mug of coffee or buy me a mug of tea. And so I thought it'd be quite fun if I say thank you to somebody to a support say you know this this mug of tea is for you kind of you you know you sent me this mug of tea and i did some of those but they're all kind of a bit the same they're not very, not very exciting but you know i've done a few um that's good uh, i think that i think that the um the interesting i was looking at um patreon and just thinking uh 
I need to think of something episodically that would work. Um, and I, you know, I need to get back into that. I mean, it is like I say, one of those things where you've got so many ideas and I'm sure we'll go into this in future shows. Mm. Um, it's just kind of working out which one you can actually get done and, 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 and obviously, um, and, and promote. I mean, that's the key thing. It's all about promotion mm. at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. Yeah, the, the good thing about the coffee that I use, coffee.com, is it's ko-fi.com, uh, is you can kind of do it your own way. And I don't actually give anybody anything in return. Um, and I'm kind of upfront about that. I just say everybody gets everything on my site. And it's a, it's a membership site, so people sign up to join it for free. And then they get everything. But if they want to repay you know if they feel that's worth something you know i've entertained them they're like the newsletter or whatever or the stuff that i've put up there then they can send me a cup of coffee and you know that it kind of works for me seems to work for people that they can dip in and out or they can do it regularly some people support me every month you know um which is great and it's just quite a nice thing but yeah we'll we'll talk later on another time maybe we get this podcast going about about ways people can chip into that as well perhaps because uh, it would be nice um if people want to appreciate the podcast and keep it going uh we'll have to figure something out there was a patreon page for it before I, i'm not sure if that's the way we want to go we'll have to figure that out won't we? yeah i was going to say that's uh, a very good point i hadn't thought about actually um people contributing to the uh, to the show itself so that would be that would be useful yeah I yeah I, I I think I've taken it down at the moment. I think I unpublished it because there was a bit of a hiatus of, of quite a long time. But yeah, we'll we'll certainly think about that. Fair enough. And the site I've been working on uh, our, the writing it's just called writingtalkpodcast.com. dot uh, com. Writing talk podcast is all one word, and uh, you can join the site. I've made it into a membership site. It's free membership, and then you can leave comments uh, on the site. And there will be. I haven't really talked to you about yep, this. You told me about but this. But I was yet. figuring, <laughs> no, it's kind of stuff I've been quickly throwing up today. Um, if we've got that way, if we've got any little bonuses or anything or exclusive content we want to give away to people who join the site, then we can do that and it will be protected. Um, and it's just free for people to join up. But yeah. Ah, fair enough. So that's there. Well, I suppose the other thing is if there's. Um questions that people have that they want us to talk about so topics that um we haven't covered or we want to go over again in more detail then that's a good place to um to, to leave us yeah. a comment exactly definitely definitely uh, topics of future shows um because if if you one reason i went into doing membership sites is that um if you're constantly pushing people over to facebook or somewhere else and say you know interact with me there well that's that's all very well for the people who are using Facebook. Not everybody does. And also you're kind of pushing everybody into the, the money-making advertising machine that is Facebook all the time. Yeah, or used and, to be. And uh, I to just be. thought, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, money-making for them. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't you know, seem to work for us so well, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's kind of they. next thing you know, they'll be saying, oh, pay us and we'll show people your stuff, yeah. which is the way they seem to go. So I thought well, if it's our site, we can say, here you are, you join for free and then leave if you want to and nobody's getting advertised at nobody's you know pinching your data it's just it's just a forum really in some ways that you can comment on yeah yeah works on shows and things it's a good idea um we'll see how it goes okay you know. so did you want to talk about the 
Nook. Apparently, Barnes and Noble have um, produced a new. Oh, uh, yeah. I just thought it was worth a mention. I just noticed it today that they emailed me because um, I do some of uh, my books. Uh, I go direct through Barnes and Noble Press. Um, because my books are wide, yeah, um, I was going to so say. That I've got that perspective. Um, and so they, they emailed me just to say, oh, great news, there's going to be a new Nook tablet coming out. Uh, you can only get it in the US, I think. Right. Uh, I'm not sure about other territories, but it can't get it here. Hmm. But a brand new tablet. Yeah, it's weird. I can see. I, I've only got one book wide, and that's just so that I could get it free on Amazon. So, um, hmm. so yeah, excuse the beeping in the background. Um, so, the yeah, so the... Um, the the interesting thing for me is um do you go through um draft to digital or something like that for for your wide stuff for some for some things not for not for barnes and noble because right. they they made it quite easy to go direct and they okay. there's certain advantages of how much they pay you and how often they pay you yeah but i don't sell many on there but you know there are some no fair enough it's i think there's a whole another show about wide versus you know exclusive yeah. definitely um something to be discussed and uh, you know and i've i've heard both sides of the argument um on that one but yeah haven't tried it myself yet so um we'll have to come back to that yeah. another time i kind of thought it was interesting because at one time people saying oh barnes and noble are finished nook's finished you know they're winding it up yeah. and then um you know it just seems to still be going yeah going strong yeah i know and that's what i was thinking yeah. is anyone going up against kindle i mean that i know kobo is really strong in um canada um, yeah. and some other European places can't remember off the top of my head, but it was, um, it was Canada that I heard it most, but yeah, so it's like, you can see Kobo's managed to carve out a niche. Um, obviously kin- mm. Kindle is massive and then, yeah, poor old Nook is sitting there as kind of potentially just surviving, but if they've invested in a new one, then obviously they don't think it's, it's, you know, a complete, um, yeah. dead area. But yeah, I think e- ebooks in general, since lockdown started, ebooks have gone through the roof. Um, I met a guy just about walking the dog the other day, um, and we mentioned I mentioned that I write uh, and self publish on Amazon, and he said, "Oh, you know, I, I um, do you ever do the you know the Kindle Daily Deal stuff?" And I said, "Yeah, I did it a while back um, on book two. Strangely enough, I don't know what Amazon was thinking, but they only offered mm-hmm. me a daily deal on the second book in the series." Um, and I said, so yeah, how does that work for you? Do you, you know, do you download quite a lot? I said, yeah, I download. I said, I never read them. And that's always something that was <laughs> lovely to hear from a complete, you know, outsider. That what I already thought is that there's just thousands of books sitting on people's um, Kindles or whatever. And they're just, yeah. they're just downloaded on a whim. And, and, you know, there's no, there's no need or, or real want to get through them. So it kind of matches what I've seen with, deals that i've done in the past especially the 99p ones um but yeah it's a mm. another discussion for another day we have to i was going to say that's that's in that one to yeah the board. <laughs> there's a whole there's the whole pricing promotion thing it's yep. it's uh there's a lot of stuff to, that you can delve into in this business that's for sure well when i started I sometimes Sorry. Sorry. When I when I started, um, people were still doing um, free freebies. You know, I mean, I'm not sure if that's still a mm. thing. Do you, do you offer a free one at the start of your series? Um, I do have uh, sort of lead magnet type ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you get when you sign up. Um, it's a little bit of a complicated situation because I've switched genres a couple of times. Um, but I have quite a, quite a lot of things that. I just give away to people. Yeah. Um, 
I think you've got to when you're so, not known, when you're a complete unknown um, name, you've got to put something out there just to just to, you know, mm. for them to have a, a taster. It's just a case of, you know, free stuff. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to get read, if at all. But that does lead us nicely yeah. into the main topic, doesn't it? Or do you want to? That's, uh... that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As if by um, magic. <laughs> <laughs> by magic, yeah. Yeah, so so what we were going to talk about was um, the whole thing of, of switching genres and um, if it's a good thing to do, when you should do it, if it's a bad thing to do, um, and that kind of thing, just because we've, we've got a bit of a perspective on it, haven't we, between us, I think, yeah. um, in different ways. And because your books are in KDP Select, aren't they, as well? Yeah, yeah. So you've got, you kind of bring that different perspective as well. Yeah, like I say, I mean, I've had four years of writing time travel. Uh, originally, I wrote the intended audience was... Um, you know, teenage boys uh, ended up being um, 35, 40 plus uh, adults, mostly female um, audience. And so that, I couldn't have got that more wrong if I tried. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm laughing because it was the same for me, really. I, I just assumed I was writing a book for teenage boys and then I, I you know, not not at all. First, uh, first rule, yeah. Teenage boys do not read that. I know that's a massive, <laughs> what's the word? Uh statement oh, to make but, uh, but yeah I, I wish they would read more um but i think uh, the likes mm. of um ps5s and various other playstation yeah. type keeps them busy um but yeah i mean it's 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 um one of those really random things where you start writing with a you know with a um a certain audience in mind and then you discover that what you're actually getting to is basically the bunch of uh, people who are probably closer to your age and um into your thing so like you know my big thing has mm. always been doctor who um and um you know i was a tom baker i was i was brought up on tom baker so um the fourth doctor was my yeah. my thing and i just wanted to write tom you know when doctor who went away i just wanted to write do, uh, doctor who episodes so i turned them into novels and away we go that's really geeky yeah. but um but yeah so it's funny but yeah having done that for four years and realized that from a sales point of view and um, especially audience targeting, because with, with Facebook, yeah. as you know, you've got to go after authors. You've got to go after, or you can go after TV shows. They kind of work sometimes, um, but you are kind of limited uh, in sci-fi to certain genres and time travel is a very niche one. And I've got a really lovely loyal uh, um, Facebook group, like a private one and they all read my stuff and they love it, but it's, it's niche i mean it's not mainstream it's not yeah. it's not your liege childs and your and your kind of you know um your big guys and so uh last year i sat down and uh with my wife and we started working on crime so uh we've done one book so far second one is literally i'm on the i'm just coming to the end of draft two uh and that's so that should be out like early next year but you know, you look at um, the likes of uh, J.D. Kirk, so Barry Hutchinson. I've just revealed yeah. his superhero name, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, has had tra 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 tremendous success going from um, what was effectively um, space comedy, um, sci-fi, mm -hmm. to to crime um, and you know murders. And uh, and I, I'd like to do exactly the same. Um, I'm not trying to be too. Um, shy about the fact that you know if you want this to be a business at the end of the day you need to find the right genres that um you know where the authors where the audiences uh, are and where the you know where the sales are 
And you've had a similar experience, I think. Yeah, it's um, with me, it was something that I almost resisted for quite a long time, just because I really like mystery novels. And I kind of grew up reading them um, because... I was sort of a keen reader. I was a teenage boy who did read books, but um, I kind of liked sci-fi. Me too. That was one thing I loved. But but I I also, um, somebody introduced me to Agatha Christie and all that stuff, and I, I really got into that. And um, I kind of put it off a bit. Um, and then I just did an experiment as how I did it. So that might be worth saying to people as, as a kind of a recommendation thing, is if you do want to swatch... Swatch, swap, or switch <laughs> uh, genres. It might be worth just experimenting a bit uh, with something short, rather than committing to you know months or years of writing one or more novels and then finding it doesn't suit you um, or that you can't sort of connect with the audience in the same way. Um, it does mean starting again, audience-wise, because you know as both of yeah. us have kind of switched outside of what our original base was, um, you know, that platform that you create, those websites and um, a lot of those audiences won't come with you. I mean, you know, they, they like you mm. because you, you write, you know, whatever historical fantasy time travel stuff. They don't necessarily want to read your crime novels. So in a way you're kind of starting from scratch every time you reboot, you know, a genre. And obviously I, I'm using a pen name for that. So, uh, you know, it's going to, mm. it's going to, be kept i don't want to kind of muddy the waters between the two to two genres but yeah i mean you, you you hear people switching all the time i mean especially i suppose one of the difficult things is um if you switch into something like crime or paranormal romance or urban fantasy you're not in a niche anymore you're in a big you're you know small fish in a very big pond and and that's another challenge yeah. that i've had because suddenly the when i've tried to advertise you know the the different targets that i'm going after and audiences the CP, the cost per click is going to be higher. Um, mm. There's going to be a lot more competition. So it's a very different um, marketing activity um, when you're kind of trying to to kind of um, draw in a new audience. And of course, the other thing is you probably need to re write three books before you even really go for it. Because um, I'm not sure if that worked for you, but I saw Barry literally did a quick release. I think he released three, you know, or four literally one month oh, after yeah. the other yeah he's uh he he is sort of quite a long time writer so he's been writing stuff going way back so he knows how to produce the goods fairly quickly which i think has been part of his success but i think um as, as you sort of hinting at there's there's a, a lot of work involved uh the pen name or not pen name aim is a decision i didn't go for a pen name um and I'm not sure what to do about that with my with my older stuff, the sci-fi stuff. I might go for the the Ian Banks solution, which is because um, he writes kind of yeah. Well, I, what I thought I might just do my initial or something, and just do like M Campling for for the sci-fi or something, and and I might kind of try and differentiate it a bit. Um, but um, yeah, I didn't really want to sort of do a whole new. No. set up a whole separate newsletter and website and all that other stuff yeah. I, I could have done but I wasn't keen um I think some people have come with me which you know I'm very grateful for um one guy actually sent me an email and said uh I I, I only read sci-fi what the hell am I doing uh getting 
<laughs> getting newsletters from a mystery author or something, you know, which was very to the point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I occasionally get people as well who say, oh, I really like, I did some sci-fi comedy stuff and there were four books in that series and somebody will say, oh, can we have more of that? Because they really like it. But I think maybe one day, you know, I might go back to it. it it's certainly more to juggle. So it might seem like the kind of the shiny new thing. Let's go after it. I'll make lots of money. Let's do it, you know. But I honestly think you've got to be prepared to to put a fair bit of work into it. Yeah. And I think the other thing is you, you tend to, I don't know about you, but I can't write in two genres at the same time. So it has to be a kind of like a one-on-one off thing and getting your head back into, mm. you know, going from, 17th century France to modern day London uh, and suddenly you've got mobile phones which obviously would be brilliant uh, if we could have had them back in the day um, but yeah it's a it's a different and the, and the, obviously the characters are different and the the just there's just um, it takes a while for me to kind of go back into that kind of get the voice right um, and uh, especially uh, since I at the moment probably been writing two books a year so um, it's it's quite mm. It's quite hard to try and be just you know get back in um put that other coat back on and and, and be somewhere else um but yeah I, I think it's a great idea i i think everybody should try it at least once because the worst thing you can do is um well that's not true depends if it's your objective if, if it's all you want to do is write your stories then go for it if, if you actually want to make a living out of it then you have to be a little bit more um, retrospective in terms of, okay, you know, I'm not making enough money out of that series. I need to find, you know, I need to either keep chucking money at it and writing more books. And sometimes that works. I know someone that, you know, didn't find success until book seven. And you just think that's, that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of faith um, to get there. And there is that thing with readers where they, they won't even consider some, taking on a new author until they can see there's a back catalogue that's worth getting into. Mm. I mean, you can't really, you know, you can't really um, do much about that. Um, and apparently the magic number is around seven. Um, but yeah, I think that the the key thing is um, if, you, if you're honest with yourself and, uh, and you can say, you know, yes, this is definitely what I want to do for the rest of my life, then you've got to make some hard decisions sometimes. And that mm. can involve shutting down and moving on to something completely different and you know and uh, researching it as well i mean you know just don't step into it um blindly thinking i'm gonna do uh urban fantasy now i mean there are better uh, parts of urban fantasy there are better parts of crime and um you know and obviously as you know with your mysteries there's this really lovely kind of it's a slightly cozy thing isn't it but it's that whole Mm it's like village based mysteries uh, seem to be really doing well. And I know LJ used to do stuff or I know she's still on Holy Island, but um, there's that whole kind of localized. Yeah. yeah. There's that whole kind of localized crime thing. Um, But yeah, so um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's just like, you know, if you're going to step out into something else, do the, do the homework and things like, um, Who's that analytics guy? Alex Newton does a really good... I was going to mention Kalytics. Yeah, Kalytics. I think that would be a good stopping off point, actually, because if you might think, oh, well, it's like $40 or whatever it is to buy a report. But if you're seriously thinking of spending months and years going into something, you might be better off, you know, getting getting that study in and just finding out if 
if there is any interest in the area you want to write in and also importantly how much competition there is because if you're new and you're trying to launch into a very very competitive area i think you're gonna you're gonna struggle uh, i i mean you, you not not saying you can't do it eventually but it, it's going to be tough to get get any kind of traction i think isn't it agreed yeah and and you'll spend a lot of money getting there as well because mm. you're going to affect you have to um as they say it's a pay-to-play game now so you're, you're going to be looking at um lead gen you know lead generation stuff you'll be doing freebies to try and get your mailing lists up and running you'll be doing newsletter swaps you'll be doing everything to just i mean you know the days of writing the unicorn book that just takes off straight away especially in our world let alone in the traditional world are, are, are very few and far between so um yeah i think i think research is definitely good um I mean, I kind of went for a kind of London-based serial killer, um, mm. which everyone who's read book one says, you know, actually spot on. And, and but then again, you know, it's not wide. It's not massively read, but it it seems it seems to have uh, rung a few bells. And there's and there's that classic thing is what's your categories? So when you're in Amazon and you're trying to get yourself, you know, that little orange ribbon, um, that little orange tag. Sometimes you have to dig a little deeper in the categories than just, you know, crime uh, or serial um, serial killer. It's got to be mm. slightly more niche, slightly more kind of um, defined as the as a th- activity. And the, yeah, I mean, it's early days. I'm not advertising. I'm not advertising the book at the moment because I say I need three. Mm. I want three in the in the bag um, before we start marketing it. Um, and then just because I get um, dragged into other things. I'm also thinking about doing something in kind of magical fantasy. So kind of more, um, uh, I was watching this new series on Netflix called Arcane, which is very close to what I was trying to do. It's a very beautifully animated um, piece, if you get a chance to see it. Um, But yeah, it's that kind of slightly steampunky magic, um, a little bit of more adult approach. Um, So yeah, that's another thing I've not really... Yeah, I'm not really, I mean, literally, I've just started, a, opened up a, a new Google Doc for a story Bible. So I'm going to start, um, actually, that's another tool that we need to put on the list of things to discuss is um, how people do world building and story Bibles, because um, I've had a dig around and I know we're going to talk about some tools in a bit. But yeah, I, I think there's definitely, uh, uh, and I know that um, SPF had, uh, oh, it's not SPS, I mustn't call it that. Self-publishing show had a world builder on um, their podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, and she does this really lovely book uh, where every day it's kind of asks you something about the world you're trying to create. So, you know, obviously one, right. one of one of the days is like draw a map, but another day be like, you know, what religions exist in this world or, you know, mm. where do they get their... Um, where do they get their food from or whatever it's just kind of like challenging you every day to just fill in a little bit more about that world um but that yeah that's crazy because i kind of wanted something a bit easier than all the research that i do on time travel because it's all tried to be historically accurate which means i have spent a lot of time um trying to make things good uh and i thought well let's go and do something that doesn't require quite so much research and then i realized world building is probably as much work if not more (laughs) yeah than researching certain events in history. So I, I think you've got to be a bit careful of this sort of grass is always greener thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know for me, the idea of trying something different can sometimes be part of my um, kind of terminal procrastination, you know, because it's like, oh, I've got to sit down again and work away at this thing. 
which you know I, I i like i like the series i'm working on but even so there are times the times when it gets difficult i think oh well, maybe i could do this instead maybe i could do that you know and you start thinking about these things and i don't know i, I i'm trying to sort of rein that in a bit at the moment um you've got to rein in your inner squirrel as it were yeah yeah sort of be distracted yeah <laughs> yeah I think we're all like that, especially now working from home. I mean, the amount of cups of tea I make in a day, just, <laughs> and like, so I, I, backstory. So when I started writing, I was commuting to Waterloo every day. This is, I say, back in 2017. I had a 45 minute journey. Uh, it was a very boring journey and I really didn't like being in such a small space. So I, that's how I got into writing. So I put the headphones on, laptop open a 45 minute sprint all the way in. And I always used to say it was like my own private movie. because I suddenly be at Waterloo. Mm. So 500 words in 500 words out every day. And then suddenly, suddenly yeah. get to like um, lockdown or working from home. I can't write for more than 45 minutes. It's like my brain has basically worked out that that's exactly the optimal amount of time for Andy to write anything. And then he has to go make tea, bacon sandwich, like, you know, literally put on a stone straight within the first year. <laughs> I know. And you just think, oh, okay. So, yeah. I'm sure everybody's the same. The, the idea that I could write 5,000, I mean, these guys who write 5,000 words in a day, I mean, it's hard going. No, I, I, I have on occasion done it, but very rarely because um, and I can't remember what that was on. Uh, that might have been with the, the sci-fi comedy stuff. Right. Um, I, could, I could write faster in that because it kind of... Um, was it appealed to something in me that just like wants to be silly and make daft jokes and make people laugh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of quite a joyous thing to do. And that kind of, you're sort of tapping away and you think, oh, that's funny. You know, you start, you're just thinking of jokes all day, which is quite a fun, fun kind of thing to do. Um, yeah. And I used to get but, blocked, um, blocked by the time travel stuff because I'd have to go and research something. And so you'd get like two, three paragraphs in and it'd be like, okay, why did Napoleon do that? And then it, it would it would be, yeah. So if you've got that flow, I mean, I get it, but it's better with the crime because a crime is more kind of, um, it's it's modern day. So you can kind of work faster. I've never been able to dictate, which apparently is the other way to write fast. Um, but yeah, yeah. the um, I think staying, like you say, staying in a world where A, potentially there's not much in the way of backstory required, um, or you're kind of, uh, you've done so much planning, you know it, you know, backwards, forwards and sideways, then maybe, yeah, you can write a little faster. But yeah, maybe we'll get a guest on who can explain to us how to write fast. That would be quite useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. Um, just a couple more things I wanted to sort of mention. Um, there was the, what do you think of the, the whole sort of thing that comes up now and then where people are, are trying to jump on a bandwagon and chase a, a genre they think is very hot, you know? Like, like at one time it was... Harem. Yeah, yeah, on all these other things that come up. I mean, I I, I jumped on two bandwagons. I did a, a co-written book with a Australian writer called S.J. Bryant, Saffron Bryant, and we kind of did a game-lit book. Um, and it didn't do very much, really. We, we put quite a lot of work into it. And um, I, I personally think it was a pretty good book and a good story, but... Um, but we, I don't think we quite realised exactly what people were looking for in that genre. So, and I think it's important to kind of understand the readers um, I think, and, and what they are looking for, you know? I think that, um, I don't know whether, I mean, I, I don't know whether Reverse Horror I'm still getting, you know, 
the attention that it was a year ago. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I, I'd like to say I can only write two books a year. So the idea of jumping on any trend um, just is is unlikely. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think this. I think Chris Fox mentioned this on something a while back. He was saying um, he's realised that there's kind of two types of authors. There's the ones that write quick books, get them out on you know literally every uh, month, and they see a return that may last two years, um, and mm. and then it kind of like you say the trend dies away, and those books are you know as a back catalogue, those are, are, are redundant. And I do wonder whether we fall more into that, you know, we'd like our books still to be read in five, 10 years time, yeah. 20 years time, whatever. Yeah. So I think there is that thing is that you, if you don't mind the fact that what you're doing will make a quick return and then tail off, then go for it. It's a bit kind of like gold rush, isn't it? You just kind of go where the money is and, and make, make mm. as much as you can and then, and then move on. But yeah, I can't, I can't write like that. And I know that there are very successful people who can, and are making a hell of a lot more money than I am. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, good, mm. good luck to you. You know, everyone's, that's what I love about this um, world oh, we're yeah. in is that there's no, then virtually no rules. I mean, it, it, it's, it is complete wild west uh, in, in that sense. Um, and, you know, what's happening is the, the audience as it were, are voting with their feet. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see that even now, you know, there are certain genres that are still, and always probably will be hot. I mean, you know, uh, like we said about Kalytics, it's always romance, crime. Um, you know, they're always going to be the big winners, but they come with a you know with a massive competitive element to them. Yeah, I I think my kind of take home message for it is really that I think it, it can be a good thing to switch genres, but you've First, you've got to do your research and you've got to decide whether you're doing it in a very kind of intentional way that you are, you know, sitting down and saying, OK, this is my plan. I can think of enough ideas to get me through, you know, several books and I've got ideas for the whole world that it's going to be in and, and what's going to give it a bit of what's going to give it legs, really, what's going to make it have some kind of longevity. And then I think if you if you still want to do it and you're in it for the long term and you're in it for the right reasons that you know you want to do a really good job of it uh then I think it's it's worth doing um certainly it's worked out for me um and I kind of now I think well I wish I'd done it sooner but but you know hey you just gotta gotta go with it (laughs) yeah yeah no I think um well we'll see like I say I've got one more book to write and hopefully um we'll still be talking by the time that's out and see whether that gets the same reception but I've always got that thing going on in the back of my head. It's just like, you know, I, I don't, I need to, I need to look after the existing series as well. So I'm not stopping it. I'm just basically taking this kind of one on one off approach. So I'll go back, I'll go back and write something um, for the infinity engine series, basically after Christmas, um, whilst uh, the crime books going through editorial review and whatnot, I'll start planning the next one. Um, and yeah, I do miss it. I do feel like, you know, that's always been my passion project. So I do need to kind of mm. go back to it every now and then. Anyway, um, should we move on to the tool? Yeah, as I say, we're, we're sort of uh, doing quite a bit of time, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, so for the writer's toolbox, which is a little thing we're going to try and do uh, each week, can be a resource or a bit of software or something like that. Um, I was going to mention Notion, which um, is is free and you can do it uh within a browser or you can download the app onto i think pretty much every platform 
Uh, there is a paid plan, but I, I think that's more for business businesses and workplaces, really. Um, and uh, I know it's kind of new to you, isn't it? But it's, yeah, um, I, I think I, I'd heard about it. Um, but yeah, maybe you want to just give us a quick overview of what you sure, do. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's very. It might seem a bit overwhelming at first because it's very very flexible. You can kind of do whatever you want. Uh, there are a lot of templates that other people have made or that the company have made, and you can. Um, if you find a template you like that does what you want, so let's say it's a to-do list or a production schedule, you could use it for planning uh, your releases or your launches or anything like that. You could use it for outlining. You could use it for notes. Um, you, you find a template that suits and then you duplicate it into your little workspace and then you can do what you want with it. You can you can chop and change it um, to your heart's content and then you can build up all these different little uh, notebooks and so on. Do you think well, you could use it for um, world oh, building? Sorry. Oh, so sorry. Do you think you could use it for yes. world building? Yes, you could. Uh, and I think you'll find a template in there for like a wiki style thing. Yeah, I was going to say more like a wiki because um, I think that's yeah that's what I'm that's what I mean. I've been playing around with Google Docs and stuff recently, um, um, and I'm just trying to find mm. that right tool. So yeah, maybe this is something I can try out uh, for the you know for the thing as long as it's searchable. I mean, that's one of the key things is being able to find things i mean i'm constantly changing the color of my character's eyes and it's always like uh, in the back of my head it's like must start a bible i mean you know eight books in and i still haven't really got a story bible going so you end up going back right. through the old books like you know searching through vellum or whatever trying to find out what color eyes yeah. the main character had three um three yeah and spelling sometimes yeah. they, they the characters end up with slightly more letters in their name than they had before which is <laughs> That's what happens when you don't write for a year. You kind of need to go yeah. back and reread everything yeah. again. But yeah, I love the idea of a kind of, especially can you collaborate? So there's like a team version, I guess. You can, yes. Yeah, yeah you, you, can share, um, you can share pages with people. And what I do is I use a little browser add-on, which is the Notion Web Clipper. Right. And then, so when I'm researching for a book, um, I just click on this little, this little sort of icon in the top of my browser. So I... I think they've got one for the, all the main browsers you'd have to check mm -hmm. but um look for notion web clipper and then it adds it to a um adds it to like a little database of links um and so at the end of it i actually um tidy up a bit put them in order and i actually share it with my readers and say if you want to see all my sources of information uh you can go here yeah, and you idea. can create a url yeah. and you can say to people here's here's all my sources um, I don't think many people look at it, but it's, you know, it's there, <laughs> it's there but it, I, I kind of do it more for myself really. Cause it, it just saves that thing of thinking, Oh, what was that thing I looked up the other day and save you having to look it all up again. You can just look in notion and, uh, and there it is. You can just open it up and yeah. think, Oh yeah. Um, okay. yeah, it's good. So, good. No, I, I, so, so, I look forward to you trying it out actually. I mean, I know we're going to use it for the podcast, so that's a, a great start. Um, but yeah, yeah I think it'll it be, go. give it a go and see how we get on. I think it's, I think it's getting quite popular. Um, yeah. And I think there is actually a, a writer's kind of uh, to-do type list called something like the writer's Kanban or something like that uh, as a template in there. So it's worth having a, a, a muck around with. And it's free anyway. So, um, well, it's not to like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that so, wraps it up, do you think, for today? Yeah, I think we, we've, we've talked loads, haven't we? And um, we had to have a, a bit of a talk before because well, we've got all our technical... <laughs> Difficulties. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> it was all slick. Oh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, so uh, thank you very much uh, for listening or watching. Um, it's great to have you. Uh, great to have you with us, and we're hoping to produce uh, lots more of these. And if you've got questions or comments, uh, it would be great to hear from you. Um, always good to have ideas that um, that people want us to talk about, isn't it? So yeah, definitely. Don't can, listen to us witter on all day. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant yeah i think that was good yeah yeah it was good yeah thanks Michael. okay well thank you very much so uh say uh we'll say goodbye and thank you very much bye bye